Well, good morning. Thank you for having me. Look at all you beautiful summer people, all brown and rosy and healthy. It's wonderful to see you all. And as Mark said, I've been, I, I'm, I'm not going to speak very specifically about the Psalms today. I'm going to do that next week because I think there's some introductory stuff. This was very technical, Mark. I need to know how to just move it to the next slide, that's all. Just tap it. Just tap it. Just tap it. Anywhere? Yeah, just that. Okay, I'll do my best. I'll just tap anyway, All right. So the last couple of months, I've had a really bad back. And that's meant I haven't been able to be very physically active. So I've wanted to go on lots of walks. And I've wanted to do loads of summer things. And actually, I wasn't able to do very much beyond going to work and resting. But praise God, that's a lot better now. But in this time, it's been good because it's given me more time just to be with the Lord and reflect on things and to learn some things again, I think, about prayer. We can always learn new things and sometimes we need to relearn things. And that's what I've been doing. And I've called this talk Growing Closer, Hearing More, Better Doing. Not doing better, better doing. Okay. Because... As Mark said, we're entering into a season where we're going to be concentrating more on reaching out to people with the love of Jesus. And I believe for me, it's time to make prayer more central in my life. And I believe it's time for that for us as a community. And I don't know about you, but I want to learn more about how to pray effectively. I read this somewhere, prayer is a wireless connection to a living God, and we have unlimited bandwidth. There are no restrictions. Why is prayer so important? Well, because there are so many people in my world, and in yours as well, whose lives would be changed for good and changed forever if they came to know Jesus and know how much he loves them and wants to give them new life. We don't need to be hopeless about what's going on in our worlds, in our people. We need to know how to pray for them. And there are so many organizations and systems and processes going on in our world that if more of the people involved came to know Jesus, then everything would work out so much better for our lives and our planet. Yeah, we need to pray. And I think that as we pray with our ears as well as with our mouths, God's going to open up the airwaves to us and help us to be more effective. Prayer changes us. And somehow, don't ask me how, it's supernatural. It changes the dynamic. That was what Mark was encouraging us in last week. When we're praying for people, when we pray regularly and wholeheartedly, do you remember what he said? We'll notice more what's going on with things. We'll listen to people more. We'll be able to ask them good questions. We'll find love for people and ways to serve them. We'll find that we're able to have good conversations. And then hopefully sharing the gospel of the kingdom will be the most natural thing in the world for us. Now, we do believe that prayer is a two-way thing, don't we? And it's relational. And I know I can talk to God any time, and I frequently do, but I'm understanding more that the richest conversations happen when I shut the door, when I get by myself 
and quiet myself down to spend time in the Father's presence. I need to be in the room with Father. Do you get what I mean when I say that? Sometimes I say this to people when I'm doing courses at work. I encourage them to be in the room. You know, to put their phones away. To put their worries away, their thinking away. What they're going to do next, their diaries away. I just be in the room and get the most from the experience. I need to give him my undivided attention. I need to stop mentally and physically flapping around. Jesus is, of course, the best role model that we could ever have. When he walked on the earth, people kept challenging him to explain who he was. They'd never met anyone like him before and where he was coming from. And John's Gospel records some of those questions and answers. In chapter 8, verse 38, Jesus said, The truths I speak, I've seen and received in my Father's presence. Verse 28, I do nothing on my own initiative, but I only speak the truth that the Father has revealed to me. I am his messenger and he's always with me, for I only do that which delights his heart. I'm reading from the Passion Translation this morning. I love it. And in a little bit back in chapter 6, verse 38, Jesus said, I've come out of heaven, that place of amazing communion between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Not for my own desires, but for the satisfaction of my Father. That was his motivation. So for Jesus, the Father's presence in his life was the place of seeing and receiving divine truth. Jesus saw himself as a messenger from God the Father. But for him, this was more than head knowledge to share. He was more than a master rabbi, more than a teacher, more than a religious man. He embodied the message, which was the good news of the kingdom. He physically became the message. And Jesus didn't just understand things from God's perspective, but he was obedient to that perspective. I believe that from being in God's presence in prayer, Jesus received the power to bring his thoughts and his desires, his willpower and his energies into line with the Father's desires. And it was from that place, seeing and receiving and revelation, that Jesus walked every day. He lived to delight the Father's heart and to satisfy his desires, to be his Father's messenger and to speak for him and to do for him. And I think that Jesus took great joy from that. I don't see him as being a somber person at all. I think he loved seeing what happened to people when God showed up. I think he laughed out loud with joy when that fish came out of the water and they cut open its belly and there was a coin in there to pay the taxes. I think Jesus laughed. I think he was anointed with joy, as the Psalms tell us. I'm challenged by all of that. Being in the Father's presence was where the Father revealed the truth about people and situations. I want to do that. 
Have you ever noticed that Jesus completely nailed it in conversations with people? Fakery, pretense, cover-ups, hiding, religiousness. None of it washed with him. He got straight to the heart of things and open up people's real motivations or their needs with them and then he provided himself as the answer he was the way the truth and the life for all of that and holy spirit wants to give us that sharpness as well i cover that what jesus was doing was speaking the father's heart out wasn't he in word and deed and actions every healing every miracle every word of knowledge or wisdom he brought came i believe from that place of presence and communion with his father and from his desire to delight his dad in fact we know the thing that gave jesus the most anguish was when he was not in the beloved presence of his father. Do you remember his terrible cry from the cross? My God, my God, why have you deserted me? Why have you forsaken me? This was the prophetic fulfillment of Psalm 22, which is all about Jesus, and I'll come back to that next week. But in that moment, presence was broken. Communion in the Godhead, was broken. The Father couldn't look at him anymore face to face because he's a holy God. And cosmically, I don't know how Jesus was somehow carrying the entire weight of mankind's sin on himself. But he died and he rose again to ensure that none of us need never be estranged from the father ever again and at that time when jesus died on the cross that mighty curtain in the temple of the jews that separated the people and had done for generations from the presence of god in the holiest of holiest of their religious places was split from top to bottom it was torn down forever and jesus god did that supernaturally to symbolise that his presence is now open to all believers. As somebody said earlier on, God's not in the box. He's not on the altar in the bread and wine, precious though those symbols are. He's with us, Emmanuel, God with us forever. And so important was it for Jesus to be in the room with his father, be one-to-one, that he would go off by himself to do this. Jesus taught with people about getting into the prayer closet. That's an old-fashioned word for a private room, a storehouse maybe, a secret chamber, somewhere where no one else is looking. And Jesus spent many times, many hours by himself praying. We know that he went up into the mountains to pray. Mark 6, 46 tells us that Jesus said goodbye to his disciples and slipped away to pray on the mountain. And night came and he was all alone there praying and he looked out over the lake and he saw a storm was coming and his disciples were out there on a boat and they were wind-tossed. The scripture says it was nearly morning before he went to them. So he'd been there on the mountain all night praying and he didn't stop until it was time. 
And we know that in the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place. And he was praying there, Mark 1, 36 or 35. Luke 5, 16 tells us that Jesus would often slip away into the wilderness and pray. Even the night before he was crucified, he was still praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. He walked away from his friends a short distance, it said, to be alone with his father. You'd think it would be an easy thing, wouldn't you, for a Christian to spend, spend time in the presence of God. We are the people who have chosen to love him in this room. Nobody's made us. We've chosen his ways and his priorities over our own in life. But actually, we don't always find it easy to spend good quality time in the presence of God, do we? Or is that just me? What I've come to see relatively recently is that things have gradually changed in the way I spent time with God. Now, I've been a Christian for most of my life, probably over 50 years. Yeah, I'm that old. And I was brought up with the principle of having a quiet time, capital Q, capital T. That is time aside spent every day regularly reading the Bible, thinking about God's words, praying prayer, or prayers on a theme. And for many years, I had a copy of Scripture Union's Daily Bread or Crusade for World Revivals Every Day with Jesus at my bedside. Anybody else old enough to... Yeah. Oh, thank you, Sarah. You make me feel better. And I worked through those monthly devotionals. And sometimes I was more regular than others, but generally I did it, even if it was only for 10 minutes a day. And then in 1993, I think it was, we got our first home computer. And then the internet happened. Yay! And gradually there came marvellous opportunities to find teaching and encouragement and exhortation on every conceivable spiritual and biblical topic. Online devotionals, podcast talks, encouraging blogs straight to my inbox, YouTube sermons, God TV, Instagram, Facebook posts, Kindle books, and now yeah. augmented reality, a virtual reality. An incredible world of learning opened up to me. And it all sprang from other people getting into God's presence, from other people's revelation, and from other people studying the word now there's nothing wrong with any of those resources i love them i love the internet and i've been blessed by so many things that i've learned except that i started to feel a year or so maybe two years i was getting a bit overwhelmed a bit distracted a bit dipping in and out of this and that themes subjects teachers subjects in this Aladdin's cave full of treasures, a bit all over the place really. And not very often anymore getting myself into that quiet place by myself with everything switched off to just be with the Lord and experience his presence. I wasn't stopping anymore much to think, to talk with him, to worship him 
to bring before him all the people I love and care about, all the opportunities I've been facing and situations that were on my mind. I wasn't stopping enough anymore to listen to the truth about what he feels about me and other people. I wasn't stopping to receive what he wanted to say to me and to do in me and through me. It was all, quite honestly, getting a bit shallow. I was basically multitasking God and it wasn't honouring to him or healthy for me. There was a lot of potential for missing out or missing it and messing up. As this sign says, I love this. We saw these signs in a shop window in Northumberland. It just tickled me. Multitasking, the art of messing up several things at once. But then I saw the sign underneath, P.S. I love you. He loves me and he loves other people and I've realised that what I really want to hear is those love and truth words that the Father has for me and for them because that's what prophetic words are really aren't they they're words that communicate God's specific love for knowledge of and wisdom for an individual or a situation and God longs to tell us his secrets he's got words and wisdom and ideas that will unlock situations offer creative solutions to things to challenges to bring comfort to people to give us strategies for planning the future we need to know don't we from God what's his strategy for this church for this neighborhood what is it Five years down the track that Father sees that we need to line up with now. But we have to get in the place, beloved, that we can hear. When you spend quality time with someone you love, someone you value and look up to, say, parent or a friend, a child, um, a spouse, you draw strength, don't you, just by being with them. Just being in their presence is encouraging. You enjoy it. It's a comfort to be truly known and understood you relax maybe you just talk some things out get calmer you hear their perspective their wisdom on things you take their advice maybe just being with them sometimes helps you just reset you laugh together you eat together you've been with someone precious and it's been good you don't even think about looking at texts or facebook or snapchat or emails you've been too busy being in the moment with the person or the people you love unless of course you're taking a selfie together that's allowed but i think that's how the lord wants to be with us and how he wants us to be with him. He wants us to be in the moment with him, to stay just a little while longer. I love that song. Because it's good for us, and it's great for him, that the focus of our affection and our attention is on him. God gave me a picture of what it means to stay a while in his presence. And it says, throughout history, people have visited spas to take the thermal waters. I'm not talking about, you know, your modern jacuzzi type spa in a hotel. I'm talking about thermal pools. They would drink the waters and they would bathe in the warm pools of water. Hopefully not at the same time, actually. And Harrogate was one of those towns which prospered around the spa tourist trade, isn't it? 
And spa waters are sometimes pools of seawater, sometimes they're fresh water. They have high quantities of health-giving minerals like magnesium, sulfates, bicarbonate of soda, calcium and potassium, things that our bodies need, perhaps in minute quantities, but to be balanced. And thermal spa waters are believed to have medicinal and therapeutic effects. They've got properties that as people drink and soak them in are helpful. Many years ago, when I was a teenager, actually, I swam in the Roman spa in Bath, and it was a really interesting experience knowing that thousands and thousands of people for many, many years, from Roman times onwards, had bathed in that very place. And the Holy Spirit said to me that just like taking the spa waters, I needed to rekindle the art of being still in the Lord's presence. I needed to stop a while and be still. I needed to be quiet, to get immersed, to be physically and mentally in the room and be conscious that I was bathing, if you like, in an environment where the Holy Spirit is present. And it was in this life-giving, healthy environment for my body, my mind, my soul and my spirit that fresh ideas, faith, words, wisdom and direction from God himself would come. Those gifts from the Holy Spirit would be like those spiritual minerals, if you like. And I understood once again that prayer isn't a God slot in my diary. It's not a religious thing. It's a life-giving, proactive, purposeful marinade in his presence. We all need to bathe. So all well and good, but getting into the waters, getting to a place of stillness isn't easy. If you're anything like me, your mind is constantly on the go, whirring, flittering from A to B. And even when you do manage to get behind your door or get outside into privacy, you might constantly be distracted by your children, your worries, your work, your studies, your diary, your friends, your elderly relatives, the thought of your to-do lists. You might even be thinking, well, why would God want to speak to me, grow me, gift me? reveal his heart to me use me in any way because I'm nowhere near holy enough experienced enough as a Christian I'm not a leader I'm too young I'm too old I've been distracted by all of those thoughts at various times yeah I was too young once and I've also felt too old on occasions too but what I've been learning are some practical keys that help me to get into and stay in his presence and hear as well as to pray. And I'll share more about that next week when I talk about Psalms, but I'll just share two small keys today to finish up. The first key is very simple. Come on now, let's be bold. Let's be brave. Let's put any device down that's going to distract us and walk away from it if necessary to pray now use worship music if it helps but not if it distracts you from focusing on him the aim is to be 100% focused in on the Lord and secondly if you're anything like me at all the moment you start to pray or to meditate in God's words loads of random thoughts tasks worries come to you 
Before you know it, you can spend 10 minutes of mind wandering and forgotten what it was you were praying about to start off with. Don't let those thoughts throw you off track. Don't stop. If your mind starts to go walkies, just jot the keywords down. Just have a piece of paper and a pencil next to you. Just jot them down like a shopping list to pray about or think about or come back to later. We need to train ourselves. It's a discipline. Or retrain ourselves to be still. And just to finish up, I thought about some questions for you to take away. So maybe just pick one that's relevant to you, because I believe it's a season of growth for all of us. Where's your closet? What can you do to find a place or make space to be one-to-one in his presence? What's realistic for you in terms of finding a regular time to spend with the Lord? Be real. Challenge yourself just to stretch a little bit further. What new gifts or growth do you want to come out of these times? Ask God. He's a good God. He wants to gift us and grow us. Maybe it's more understanding of the Bible and God's ways. Maybe it's prophetic words or words of knowledge or wisdom for people. Perhaps it's growth. Growth in my character, growth in your character or behaviour. Healing, relationships, financial or other personal breakthroughs, change in other people's circumstances. Some of us have got intractable circumstances seemingly going on. But do you know what? I believe that God can break through. Creative ideas, innovative solutions, problem-solving, songs, poems, music, painting, or other art or craft. And maybe there's other things you can add to that list. Let's just spend one or two moments thinking about them, maybe writing them down, and then I'd like to finish off with prayer. So just have a look at that list and just hold that up as a goal for this coming season in prayer with God. And I believe as you give it to God, as you make time for it, as you discipline for it, he will honour what you're asking for. And we are going to see life bursting out afresh all over us and beyond us because of this season. what I'd like to do is just finish off with prayer and I asked God about this and there were three groups of people that I thought to pray for and we'll just close our eyes um, so nobody's looking and if it's you put your hand up and I'll I'll pray and we'll all pray for you so there were three lots of people anybody who wants to encounter Jesus afresh through their quiet times of prayer and Bible reading and meditation. Musicians and singers, songwriters and poets to bring forth fresh truths and insights from the Holy Spirit and from the Word to fuel the church and break open the hearts of people who don't know him yet. 
And anyone who feels they have a prophetic gift to receive and to rise up with words that will open mysteries and solve problems in their world or spheres of influence. So first group, just stick your hands up. Everybody else, eyes closed. Any person who wants to encounter Jesus afresh through their quiet times of prayer and Bible reading. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you that time spent with you is so precious. And it's so good and it's so fruitful. And I just want to pray for myself and for my brothers and sisters that you will just honour the desires of our heart. That you will help us to find that time and that rhythm and that commitment just to be with you and to be still and in your presence and to listen to you, to converse with you and to hear from you, Father. Bless the desires of these people's hearts, Lord, and help them, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. And then secondly, musicians and singers, come on, don't be shy, songwriters, poets, artists, to bring forth fresh truths and insights from the word of God and from prayer that are going to fuel the church and open the hearts of people who don't know him yet. That's you. Just stick your hand up. Father, I thank you that you have put your Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And that you long for fresh streams of living water to flow up from out of us. And I just want to pray, Lord God, for songs, for music, for poems, for artwork, for creativity, to burst forth afresh in this season, Lord, that it's not just going to bless and fuel your church, but that it's going to captivate other people, and that bypassing their brains, these things are going to go straight to their hearts and spirits with the love of Jesus. Oh, Father, you see the desires of your children's hearts as they get into the secret place with you, as into the place of prayer. Lord, let your rivers flow. Let your rivers flow, Lord God. Thank you. And then finally, I just felt to pray for anyone who feels that they've got a prophetic gift to receive and rise up with words that will open the mysteries of God and solve problems in our world or in our spheres of influence. If you feel that's you, just stick your hand up. Father God, thank you. You are the God of all knowledge and wisdom. And thank you that you've chosen to partner with us to reveal things, to reveal mysteries, to uncover fresh things, fresh insights, fresh revelation, and fresh practical answers for our worlds and our generation, our people, our planet. God, we need you so much. Holy Spirit, would you pour out afresh a spirit of revelation, of understanding, of knowledge and of truth on this people and upon all your people in our city, Lord God, that as we turn to you, that as we humble ourselves and pray and seek your face, then again you will come. You will pour out your spirit and heal our land. Oh, Father, that's the desire of our hearts for all of us. So help us, Lord God, 
And I just want to finish by praying for our parliament and our government and our leaders. And Father, if you listen to the media, we're in a mess. But God, I don't believe that you have taken your hands off our nation. And Father, I want to pray for your grace and your wisdom in this season. I pray for our Prime Minister. Any politics aside, I pray for the Prime Minister and the Cabinet and all those working closely in this season with her and this whole Brexit thing. God, I don't know what the bigger picture is, but you do. And we pray for wisdom and grace and truth and understanding. We pray for all your people involved in those spheres of influence and power, Lord. Let your will be done in our land, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. In this house, we are real. But we also make mistakes. And when we do... We make sure we say sorry. We give second chances to anyone. And we also have lots of fun. In this house, we definitely forgive. We also do loud. We give the best hugs. We our family and in this house that means we, we love, love.